Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates, there's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Scott Martin from Pfeiffer University in North Carolina. Welcome, Coach. No, thank you, Matt. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. We're uh, I'm excited. It's a, a nice Division three program there in North Carolina. We, when I was playing uh, in D.C., we we got as far down as uh, North Carolina Wesleyan once, but uh, but didn't didn't get to play Pfeiffer. Uh, but so. We're in springtime. It's it's you know the showcase season. Uh, everything going on. So let's talk recruiting a little bit as a D three program. Kind of where are you at in your calendar? Or have you wrapped up twenty threes? Are you still got a few left? What what kind? What does your your calendar look like normally for a recruiting class? Yeah. So typically by this point, uh, early March, we are really just trying to close a deal with the last few recruits on our board. Um, these are typically impact players. We have uh, a pretty good idea that they could come in right away and add to the program. So typically this late in the process, um, it is just those kids who have really invested a lot of time in um, trying to secure that D1 or D2 offer that are still on our boards. But to give a more general timeline, um, you know, it is right around this time, uh, March to really May of the junior year, students that were compiling our database uh, and evaluating players and trying to get our boards right. So, you know, it, we might add um, approximately a thousand players to our, our recruitment board. So it's it's a no stone left unturned type of approach. Um, but even within that, you know, we'll, we'll identify, our, uh, identify players that maybe aren't quite at the caliber we need and players who, who aren't gung-ho on uh, that D1 or D2 offer. So the list does trim pretty quickly. Um, we definitely find the players that um, are heavily invested in making that uh, progress with our uh, our recruitment. So typically in the summer, we're looking to um, to add some additional players through camps. Uh, we'll host our own camps, which you can find on the Discover College Soccer website. Yeah, got that good plug. Good man, good man. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll add some players uh, through our camps, and we do like to see players in a live setting. Um, and if we get to work with the players at the camps, even better. So you get an experience of what it's like to train with us, and then we also get an idea of how you train, uh, which is a big part of uh, revealing that character that that we really want to identify. So um, by the fall season, we want to get you on campus. Hopefully, you're attending some of our games. And then with showcase season, so November to January, it's really just a matter of uh, helping the recruits kind of define what they're looking for. Um, 
and wrap up the book. So try to figure out what you want to do with life and, you know, which program you want to work with. No, it makes a lot of sense. Well, when you say you're you're adding all these uh, players to your original board. So is a lot of that just inbound traffic? Is that from talking to club coaches, high school coaches? Is it using some of those recruiting services that are out there? How are you building that initial pool of recruits? All of the above. <laughs> so so we do get a decent amount of inbound traffic. Um, but we also make an effort to have a presence at um, ID camps, you know, especially with the larger universities. So, um, you know, typically someone who will go to like, you know, next door, UNC Charlotte ID camp, um, you know, maybe they're not quite at the level where they can get that interest from UNCC, but they're probably our level. Um, so we've had a lot of success with uh, those connections with UNCC, uh, High Point, UNC. So those camps have been very productive for us. Uh, and, and we go in with the mindset that everyone there is on the board. So um, camps are a big part of it, uh, but then also just cold outreach from showcases. So um, we do get a, a decent number of players who reach out to us, but then we also go to identify uh, players that we feel fit positions of need. So um, we're very, very busy uh, during the, the peak recruitment season or camp seasons. Um, but overall, I mean, it, you know, we've seen this year, this should be our strongest class ever at D3, you know, which granted is only seven years at this point or six years. Um, but I think that approach has been really productive in helping us get the recruits in the door that, that we're really targeting. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, in terms of events, what are some of the events you get to? And I'm sure the, the, the Raleigh showcase is, is prime and ready, but what are some of the other events that, that you guys make sure you're at each year? So the great thing about our location is that we know there's going to be an ECNL showcase in Greer each December. We know the following week we're going to be at the uh, NCFC showcase. Um, Charlotte Independence had a showcase back in February. Um, geez, looking at our calendar, Jeff Cup is in Richmond. That's just a couple hours away. Uh, so we'll have a presence there. There's the EC... E64 showcase in Greensboro, which is an hour down the road. And then there's the uh, ECRL regional championship, which will also be at Greensboro. So, I mean, we, we have so many recruitment opportunities uh, to look at high caliber players just within two or three hours of our campus. So we try to have a presence at each of those events. Uh, first, just to get the name out there. And then second, to really start uh, developing those relationships with the players, developing the relation that is a really important part of the process for us. We we want to know who's coming into our uh, our program and, you know, are they going to add value to our culture or are they just going to be a number or kind of be anonym, anonymous along the way? So um, we're very active in getting to know recruits on the board. Well, I'm, and I may see you up in Greensboro for that ECNL Arsha uh, stuff. Um, it looks like my daughter's team will be up there. <laughs> um, so, live podcast. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, well, whether it's at an event, at a camp, anything like that, you know, what is it that you're really looking for in players? What is that hierarchy of things, whether it's on the field, off the field, that helps you whittle down that number to say, okay, the, these are the guys we want? Yeah, so I think just um, that starting mindset that everyone at the camp is on the board, uh, you know, unless one of the, the D1s or D2s has uh, already developed a relationship with them. Uh, I think that helps us. You know, we we go in looking for the best talent available. 
uh, but talent really is just the starting point. So once we identify who those top players are, we want to see if they're coachable. We want to see if even when they're with a, a random group of players that they've never uh, played with before, is the mentality right? Is is the you know, we're looking for signs of performance. So when they lose the ball, are they still counter pressing? Are they trying to be leaders out, out on the field and directing their teammates? Um, you know, with goalkeepers especially, like we don't write down a name unless we hear them. So we want um, players who who are leaders, who are vocal, um, and will bring some kind of a voice to the field. And you know, what? if you can do it with a complete group of strangers, the odds are you can have some kind of a voice even during your freshman year. So we want players who come in with uh, that personal sense of responsibility and see that they have a voice that's that's valued and that's we expect it to be in practice when they show up on campus. Um, so I guess, you know, just other little things that we're looking for. Um, you know, if we get to work with the players directly, are they are they coachable? Do they, when they make mistakes, do they fix them? Um, we want to see that they're, they're thinking their way through the game and trying to figure out what's going wrong and how to correct them. So I love when a, mis uh, a recruit, you know, doesn't make the same mistake twice. So that, that tells me that they're mentally engaged and, and they're looking for a way to consistently improve the way they interact with the game. No, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Well, in terms of, uh, you say, you know, leaving no stones unturned, um, have you guys dabbled in the transfer portal at all? Are you looking at international recruits at all? That tends to be uh, two of the questions, two of the things that are affecting a lot of incoming freshmen these days is being recruited against uh, transfers and internationals. Yeah, so you know there there are a couple teams in our conference who have great packages for internationals. I, I know at least one of them has been on the the Discover College Soccer podcast. Um, we are not one of those schools, so. Um, Last year, we had one international. This year, I'm not sure if we'll have any. Um, and, and that's just because we are not able to compete financially with many other schools. Uh, and, you know, if you are a good international student and, and you can afford to come here, you can probably afford a lot of schools. So um, the downside is we're not financially competitive with a lot of internationals. But the upside is that we tend to be very competitive with the domestic students. Um, so that's really where we have, um, you know, where we've done well this year, uh, and in years past and, you know, with the transfer portal in particular, we will have some success there. Um, but it tends to be more word of mouth. So, you know, they, I, I know of some programs that have someone working specifically to look at the transfer portal and reach out to every recruit that's on there. We don't have that kind of manpower. So, but what we do have is we have um, a team full of guys who have played club their whole lives and they know of people who are unhappy at their current colleges or that, you know, they're, they are in the portal and they're looking to leave. And, and so they're reaching out to their buddies. And so we tend to use those relationships, um, take it more of an inbound uh, way of recruiting through the portal rather than aggressively going out after the people who are, who are listed. So it's just a little bit more effective and a better use of our time. No, completely understood. Well, you mentioned, you know, folks trying to, uh, to be able to afford Pfeiffer. So I'm, I'm going to not put you on the spot with exact numbers, but uh, can you just give us an overall view of what the 
tuition, financial aid, scholarships, just kind of what a general package might look like for an incoming soccer player. Yeah, so all in, the cost is about 46 right now, but no one pays that price. So um, our top financial aid package, uh, just in terms of academic merit scholarship, is 22000 So if you're out of state, you get an additional 2000 uh, and, and that's really just to counteract the fact that you don't qualify for North Carolina need-based aid. So, um, you know, we do try to give a little bit of help to the, the out-of-state residents. So um, we do have an honors program here as well. So there are four full tuition um, covered spots for each honors uh, class that comes in, as well as a potential of uh, a minimum of $2,000 just by being in the honors program. So, um, you know, we do look to, uh, you know, I run study hall here, so I, I do tend to look for higher GPA students, so I don't have to spend as much time tracking them down throughout the year. Um, so the upside is we, you know, we've had success getting people into the honors program. Uh, and that just helps them financially too. So a better study environment in the dorms, um, but also just a little more financial help. So um, I think overall, when I look at our team, that I would say most kids are paying anywhere from 10 to 15 per year. So, and if there are commuter students, so, you know, we do have a decent number of those on our team. Um, so we do try to recruit very heavily within our, our 30 mile radius. Um, if you're a good student and you live within 30 miles of Meisenheimer, so, you know, roughly, um, the east side of, east side of Charlotte or closer, I mean, you can get in here for, for next to nothing. So really good value for commuter students. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's great. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the school. Um, you know, besides what I can find on the website, give me some of the, 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 the inside skinny. What are some of the great things about Fiverr that folks may not know about? You know, the thing that really stands out with all of our students and, and even just recruits who are on campus taking a visit is just how friendly and helpful people are here. Um, it is really the kind of place where um, you do get to know everyone. Um you know, you're going to have classes with your teammates. You'll have lunch with them uh, or, you know, really every meal with your teammates. But you're also going to get to know students who have a common interest with you. Um, you know, we, we have a, a decent number of psych majors on our team. So, um, you know, they'll they'll spend time with people who are within their major and especially those who have an interest in performance psychology. So, um just in terms of the the number of interactions you're going to have with uh, people, it, it really is phenomenal on this campus. So you get to know each other really well. And I think the same goes for the, the faculty and staff as well. So I'm not going to get these numbers exactly right, but um, one day I was giving a tour and the president of the campus just happened to to walk by. So we stopped and chat with, chatted with the recruit. Um, it said something to the effect of Pfeiffer is 45 four percent more likely or like our professors are 44 percent more likely to have conversations with the students about their career prospects than you'll get at your average school and when you compare that to public schools that number skyrockets so um we do have i think we do have a, a good staff here um both with the professors and and the, you know especially our athletic staff where we're very invested in the people um not just what they can do for us in the classroom or on the soccer field. So it, it varies, it is very much a, a tight knit community. 
So um, that's definitely one of our standout qualities. We're, we're just, we're very invested in helping each other grow and, and become the best version of ourselves. No, that's tremendous. Well, let's talk a little bit more about uh, being uh, both a student and an athlete, right? So, you know, the academic side is, is what kids are there for, especially that division three uh, mantra, right? Uh, of the student first. So how do your players balance the, the demands of both in the classroom and on the field? And what kind of support systems does a school offer to help them? It, so, I mean, studies will show that students actually perform better when they're in season than when they're out. Uh, and, and that's something that I can verify with my guys as well. Yep, yeah, exactly. So um, I think when you look at it, the the season, there's really not much difference between D1, D2, and D3. Um, you're going to wake up, go to class. And then when your school day is finished, you'll come do training, usually at about 4.30 or 5. Uh, we'll go anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours. And then that gives you enough time to get to the cafeteria for dinner. So we'll play twice a week, typically a Wednesday and a Saturday. And the the required day off is generally a Sunday. So um, the only reason that would change is, you know, if we have a, a game Sunday or Monday. So, um but yeah, in general, that's that's what the schedule will look like in season. Out of season, we definitely encourage our guys to keep some kind of structure in their lives. So we know the benefit of playing sports in college. Um, you just don't have as much time to to goof around or binge watch Netflix. So we try to try to communicate to the guys that it'll be beneficial for them academically and socially. Um, and even developmentally for soccer, if they're still playing throughout the year. So, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're hands off after our season ends, but our players do a really good job of setting up training sessions and, and getting the, each other to the, the field. So, um, I mean, even right now, you know, I think the minimum that the whole group is getting together is three times a week. And then we have smaller groups that will get together anywhere from five to six times a week. So um, the guys do a really good job of holding each other accountable and getting each other to the training grounds. So um, I think for me, I'm definitely interested to see uh, with the spring if if that will carry over to the high academic standards as well. So um, that'll that'll be a study that I that I run independently. <laughs> so in terms of the academic support, uh, we do four hours of study hall each week uh, for incoming students. So the only way to get yourself off of study hall is to, um, if you're a freshman, get a 3.5 or better in your fall semester. Uh, or if you are a returner, so sophomore or higher, you have to have above a 3.0. So if you have anything less than a 3.0, I'm going to see you uh, here in the office each week. So we do have a, a couple of other programs. So um, we have a system in place in our campus where, Matt, if you were to miss two classes in a row, I get an email. If you fail two quizzes in a row, I get an email. If you fail an exam, I get an email. So parents love this. Um, it's really our way of ensuring that um, that we're tracking their their son's academic status. And if there are some red flags, we typically catch them early. And that's where we will uh, require the student to get free tutoring, which is available through the campus. So we also have uh, a writing center. So if anyone wants a paper proofread or may maybe they just, they need help with structuring the article. Um, you know, if they need some kind of an outline, 
um, and they want to test a thesis statement. The writing center offers free appointments there just to make sure that um, we're fitting the students' needs. So the academic support here at Pfeiffer is top notch. That sounds like it, definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the the team and the soccer side of things. I know we were talking about recruiting earlier. So as you're wrapping up your class, is there a target roster size that you guys are trying to hit each year that you guys find is ideal? So like many D3s, we do have a number. Um, for us, it's 35. So that's what we held last year. Um, we definitely saw that, you know, when you have 35 on the team, you're kind of in an awkward spot where you don't have that full reserve team. So you can't give it a true experience for those the players who, who really need that developmental time, uh, not only in training sessions, but in games. So um, I think this year might be a little bit closer to 40. Uh, and the, the idea there is just provide a true college soccer experience for these guys. So we'll still do a lot of the practices together uh, as one team. So that is very important to us. We want everyone to know that when you come to Pfeiffer, you are part of our men's soccer program. You're not first team reserve team and there's no mingling between the two. Um, we do want something holistic. So um, but I do think that's where, you know, if we have a game on, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, now we can still have that reserve team catch a session. Um, we're, all, we're also targeting uh, about six games for that reserve team over the course of the year. And, and I think now with 20 players on a reserve roster, you know, we're probably looking at, um, you know, opportunities for the groups to, to scrimmage themselves over the course of the season. So um, that is one of our priorities in adding those few extra players to just give a better experience to the reserve team. No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, what about the the staff? What What's the, kind of the staff makeup, roles everybody plays, that kind of thing? Yeah, so Tony, Tony Faticoni is our head coach. So former D1 goalkeeper at Rutgers. Um, two-time national champion. So that's pretty phenomenal from a, a coaching perspective. You know, if I can get one, I'll, I'll be pretty happy. <laughs> so, um, but he's the head coach and then I'm the right-hand man. So, um, you know, when we get to our fall season, we'll look to add either um, a goalkeeper coach or, you know, a seasonal part-time assistant just to make sure that, you know, we have an extra set of eyes at sessions. So last year, um, we had Coach Geo training our goalkeepers, and that just allowed Coach Tony to shift his focus uh, back to the field players and make sure that we were, uh, you know, fully prepared on game day and that we had two sets of eyes catching, you know, some of the, the tactical things we needed to see prior to games. Okay. Well, in terms of uh, the team, how would you describe kind of the coaching staff's philosophy there, their, their style of coaching, style of play, and that sort of thing? Yeah, so in terms of the game model, uh, we'd like to be possession dominant. So we want to be the aggressors, really take the game to our opponents. Um, you know, we'd like to have the ball at our feet. So we are your, um, your kind of side that's going to counter press. We want to engage in the high press. Um, you know, and we also know that we have to be tactically flexible too. So there are some games where we will not be able to play that system or that style. Um, you know, we always want to be the aggressor. We want to be the possession dominant squad, but we know that that's just not always going to be the case. So um, having that tactical flexibility is something that I think we do really well here. Um, and, you know, that's where you know, I think even going back to last year, you know, we were having some issues with the high press. 
So, you know, we decided to, to back off, go into more of a mid block and, you know, we got better results over the course of the season. So, you know, we, we do look to adapt based on personnel needs and, and just what we're seeing in the games. So, but in general, we have our, our big idea, you know, something we want to stick closely to. And then uh, from there, we'll make minor adjustments based on the opponent or, um, or even just what our personnel is doing well or where they're struggling. So okay. that tactical adaptability is pretty important. Yeah, no, I, I think that's always important, especially when you get new players coming in every year, right? Yes. Um, well, we talked about what it looks like during the season. What does your off-season program look like? What are the guys doing now? What, what can they expect in their non-traditional season? Yeah, so as soon as our season ends, you know, like I said, we encourage the guys to try to keep that structure in place. Um, so usually it's upperclassmen who lead the charge in, in setting up these extra training sessions or getting guys into the gym. Um, you know, we do have a weight room session or a workout plan available to our players throughout the year. Um, so, you know, we can't enforce it as a D3 when we're in that, that dead period, but they always have that resource available. And, and we do have a full-time um, strength and conditioning coordinator who can guide them through that process and, and just make sure that um, the technique is right. So, um, but yeah, in general, you know, the field space is always there. Our guys always have a field that they can play on. Um, soccer balls, pennies, cones, you name it. Everything's available to our guys year round. So, um, you know, if for the, uh, the workaholics, the ones who, who are motivated, want to get on the field, this tends to be a really good place for them. So, um, yeah, I think that's where at D3, you really test your culture. Um, see what you're made of just based on the participation in the spring. So we do rely on our upperclassmen to make sure that, you know, we're preparing ourselves for August. Um, you know, right now we're, uh, you know, early March, we're about to start our spring season, March 13th. Fortunately next year with the, you know, the bump to 21 practices and three games at D3, we'll have a little more time with the guys, but while we're out of that time, out of that spring season, we are very dependent on the culture. And really that's that's the feedback we need. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll run some tests at the beginning of the spring, kind of see where everyone is. And, and um, you know, that'll, that'll give us a lot of information on the, the psychological side of the game, making sure that the, the mental performance, both individually and as a group, is continuing to develop. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm changing up the way I end these. Uh, so, you, so you're going to be oh, one of my early guinea pig here, but I, I think you'll be okay. Um, so as we wrap up, I, I really want to try to give folks, you know, that that one just just nugget of info that, that maybe they weren't aware of. So if you could give one piece of advice to, to parents or, or players that may be watching this or, or listening in uh, about the college recruiting process, if there's one thing you wish more people knew or or that you find is just the extra important thing to know, what would that be? The advice I give to every recruit as you know, I walk them and their, their parents back to their cars is go where you're wanted. Go where you're valued as a person, as a player, as a student. Um, don't get caught up on labels, on status. Um, that's great. You have a buddy going to a Power 5 D1 school um, and another buddy who's on athletic scholarship at D2, figure out what's best for you. Um, so 
I think ultimately when you you look at the college game, we we do have um we do have a lot of people who uh you know they do look at D three as kind of a fallback. Um, I mean some some uh, it's almost sounded like it's regarded as rec soccer for college, which I mean it's crazy. Uh, I Matt, I know you went to to Catholic, so I mean a very good D three program. Um, you're playing against high caliber athletes and grown men. This isn't the college or the high school game. You're not playing against 14 to 18 year olds. You're playing against grown men. So, and especially at, you know, D2 uh, and above, you could be playing against 24, 25 year olds. So, and, you know, I, I think the, the push for international student athletes coming into the American college game, it just means more talent, domestic talent is trickling down to, to D3. So I, I mean, this class alone, we've, we've done pretty well with MLS next and ECNL players. So don't, don't think that this, the caliber of play here is below what you had at high. It's a significant jump. So do the work, uh, make sure whatever your workout plan you get for the summer, do it, show up in shape, show up in form, hopefully play against adults over the summer and, and just make sure that when you show up, you're, you're putting yourself in an environment uh, where, again, you're valued, but then also where you can add value to it. So nothing's given, everything's earned. So go out and get it, um, but find the right place first. Yeah, love it. Absolutely fantastic advice. Uh, said similar things to many people, so glad to hear it from someone else. Coach, wish you the best of luck in the fall season. And uh, if you get down to Bradenton for any of these recruiting events, give me a shout and, uh, and we'll catch up, all right? All right, sounds good, Matt. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thanks.